Welcome to Breaking the Glass Slipper. I'm Megan Lee. I'm Lucy Hounsom. And I'm Charlotte Bond. So today we're going to be talking about our 2017 in review and what we're anticipating in 2018. So this is everything in terms of science fiction, fantasy and horror. We've got films, we've got TV shows, we've got books, we've got comics, you know, award seasons, everything that's been going on. And of course, you know, what's been happening in politics and how that will influence or has influenced um, the genres that we love. So we're going to be, you know, two halves of this episode. When we're going to start with, you know, last year, what happened last year and what was awesome about it, what we wish we could sweep under the rug and uh, um, just, you know, things we may have even missed out in 2017. But I am going to kick this off talking about um, what's been highlighted is that the top three highest grossing films of 2017 were all, let's say, <clears throat> supposedly led by, because I have some issues with it, but <clears throat> that's fine, uh, but led by women, and they're all genre pieces. So the top three highest grossing films were Star Wars The Last Jedi, so that's, you know, sci-fi, you have Rey, you have Princess Leia, then there's Beauty and the Beast, which, you know, fairy tale fantasy, you've got Emma Watson being Belle, and then Wonder Woman, uh, which is a superhero and fantasy again. So there's the, the top three films were, you know, women's films, as uh, they used to call them, which I think is really, really interesting, given that the lack of women-led films sort of generally to then have the three top highest grossing all be led by women. Mm. It's a nice change of pace, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, I would say that. Um, I love seeing that there are you know, women out there leading these these really high-grossing films, I would just personally wish that they were better films. But that's just me. <laughs> well, <laughs> we can't have everything. <laughs> I know, I can't have it all. I mean, did you not enjoy Star Wars The Last Jedi, Megan? Oh, come on, Charlotte. Do, do that, tell. <laughs> let's not get started. I can't. I just can't. <laughs> Megan and I have a bit of a, a discrepancy over this, because I... I quite liked it. Um, it wasn't the best, and I um, I totally agree with the Popverse review that you pretty much got to the end and nothing had really happened, um, and you could cut that whole bit with, um, was it Rose and Finn? They, they didn't really do anything at all. But I did I did quite like it. I thought it, I thought it was quite good, and there were a lot of women in it, because you didn't mention um, Laura Dern's character, whose um, name I've forgotten, but I thought she rocked. I thought she was really Holder. cool. Yeah, no, yeah. she was great. And she had obviously seen my hair from last year and gone, yes, I want to look like that wonderful Megan Lee. She's fantastic. I'm sure that's what Laura Dern was saying when yeah, she went into the, uh, the hairdressers. Yeah, I think so. Um, no, I mean, there were some fabulous women. And, you know, it, it was nice to see that the only um, active characters, the characters who actually moved the plot as far as plot went in that film, <clears throat> uh were women and that was awesome it just didn't make up for the rest of the crap <clears throat> that's that's just that's just me so did either of you see beauty and the beast because i didn't get a chance to see it i saw it what do you think have you seen the original disney one um yes of course, of course. <laughs> excuse me <laughs> so how, how did it compare was it literally a like for like remake almost just much worse oh dear oh dear <laughs> So English. Oh, dear. Dear, dear. <laughs> yeah, so I really did not like it at all, which very much upset me because I love Emma Watson. 
I love Dan Stevens, Josh Gad, Luke Evans. Fabulous cast. Hated the film. I thought it was appalling. There was a bit of controversy about the, the homosexual element that they introduced into it. And was it, it was LeFou being in love with Gaston, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. How did, did that, did that hit a jarring note with you or did you find it was done quite well? Um, no, I didn't think it was done very well. It was, <laughs> it was very much, oh, let's just shove this in there. Um, which is unfortunate because it seems it's such a natural thing for that character and, and, well, absolutely. It's basically almost already there without them having to do more, but it just maybe it was because I went in there knowing about the controversy, but it did feel just a bit kind of forced. forced. Yeah. Mm. Um so yeah, I wasn't impressed with the film and uh let's just say that why couldn't they have just hired a Frenchman instead of getting a Scotsman to do a terrible fake French accent? <laughs> Oh dear. I mean, Ewan McGregor, I love you. You're beautiful and you are welcome in my home anytime. <laughs> if you're listening, Ewan McGregor, <laughs> you're welcome yes. in my home at any time. Ewan McGregor, you're welcome. Uh, but not if you're doing the fake French accent. <laughs> it's just, that's a deal breaker. I, I think my level of bad accents was in, it was in The Jackal. And I think it was Richard Gere trying to do a, an Irish accent. I think that's who it was. And it was just, oh, it was terrible. Uh, I mean, Sean Bean in Patriot Games trying to do a, an Irish accent was quite, you know, touch and go, uh, given his strong Yorkshire accent that he already has. But I think Richard Gere topped worst, worst accent. So I should have to watch Beauty and the Beast and see how it compares. I don't know. I, re- I just saw Pitch Perfect 3 in which John Lithgow pretends to be Australian and that was dire. Ooh. Says the Australian. Yeah. But I oh, I kept laughing every time he opened his mouth. It was so bad. But someone say something good about one of the top three highest grossing female-led films. Um, well, all we've got left is Wonder Woman and I can't say anything. Well, I don't know. I, can't, I enjoyed I Wonder it, Woman. Really? I thought it looked good. I thought it had a promising premise. I like the twist, um, but I kind of felt I, I kind of felt that they had this wonderful setup and then they spoiled it all where she gets her powers through being in love with the man. And I was like, well, couldn't she just have got her powers for just being awesome? Um, you know, because at the beginning with Robin, is it Robin Wright, as she called these yes. days? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and who was the other fantastic actress in that so the older actress and that was brilliant and I, I really love the opening scenes and, and how they sort of really utilized it well and you know you don't often get to see um older women dressed up in all this fantastic sort of battle outfit and it, admittedly it's the the terrible idea of armor which is you know we'll cover the boobs and, and the rest of it uh, and pretty much... I don't know about that though because so have you seen all like the um sort of comparison images where they compare the Amazon armor in Wonder mm. Woman to how they appear in Justice League? I haven't. Yeah, no. yeah I have. Yeah. Those picked a comparison ones that were going around on Twitter, I have seen them and they are pretty pretty bad. Yeah, so you might like on the surface look at, at Wonder Woman and go, oh, they're, they're still scantily clad but mm. in, in reality they are actually rather well covered in comparison mm-hmm. to the films where to, they To appear. the male designed... Yeah, to the male design Justice League uh, 
outfits yeah that is true but but my point is that you normally get women in sort of older women in very unflattering outfits is what I meant and you Frumpy. but you yeah yeah and I mean look at I don't know whether Laura Dern would turn up and slap me if I called her old but she's certainly of an older um generation um and she in star wars just looked fantastic and they gave a really figure-hugging dress and she looked fantastic in that and in wonder woman you had sort of the old ladies also being kitted out in pretty much the same as um as gals outfit so that was kind of cool but just yeah it just had such a wonderful premise and a few funny lines and it and then it just kind of all went a bit wishy-washy at the end and i was like oh yeah it's almost like they went in and went to the studio executives they're gonna do we're gonna do this this and this and they went Yes, but she is going to fall in love, right? And you know, her her ultimate um, power, her ultimate gaining of power, is going to be influenced by a man, right? And I was like, oh, good grief! And it's a shame because I, I thought Chris Pine did really good, and I don't really like him as an actor, but I thought he was quite good in that because they they played him up quite well. Hey, but. I don't know. Princess Diaries Two was a work of genius. I have not seen that. <laughs> I suspect that will come when my child is a bit older. <laughs> Well, he's he's excellent in it. <laughs> no, I mean, Wonder Woman, for me, uh, I didn't think it looked good. I thought the CGI was terrible and astonishingly bad for, for it being such a big blockbuster film. But my main problem, I think, is similar to you, Charlotte, in that a lot of the the active, you know, plot momentum comes from the male character and she ends up deferring to him for pretty much everything. And so that kind of just took it, it, the only reason that I would have had to like it wasn't even there. So I found it very disappointing. But let's, let's not dwell on these things. It's still good (laughs) that women films, we can prove that they actually make money. They're a huge success. There's market out there for them, whether or not uh, me and my very snobby opinions actually enjoy them i think the the lesson out there is for hollywood that women should be fronting films we make money and we're awesome that's just yeah it. that it's a good message to take away because as everybody knows she says cynically the world turns on money <laughs> it does <laughs> so and, yeah and also interesting you know that the the top grossing films are also in the genre so you know yes sci-fi and fantasy yay so can I ask what you girls are looking forward to for 2018? Um, in particular, I suppose this one's more directed at Megan. What you think about Thor being recast as a woman? Are you looking forward to seeing that? Or are you just kind of cringing and going, oh, God, they're going to ruin women and Thor? Um, well, if, I actually really enjoy the comics where they um, gender-swapped Thor. So mm. that is promising, but it just depends on whether or not they actually stick to the comic or they, you know, come up with something else. Um, but the the story where they've gender swapped Thor in the comics is, is it's really well done. I like it. And it's also interesting because I, I don't I have no idea what the, the film's about, so I, I I can't really spoil it, but um so Thor is still Thor. <laughs> like Thor still exists, male Thor, um, but he loses his hammer, and his hammer goes to a woman, and oh. so whoever holds the tham- the hammer is Thor. So that's how it works. So yeah, 
So Thor is still Thor. Does that make sense? I don't know if I'm explaining it well. <laughs> no, I suppose it's kind of like the one ring. Sorry, the one ring passing on is what I was going to say. <laughs> and they're all ring bearers. But I suppose, yeah, I only appealed to half of my audience there. <laughs> Woohoo! Dogging! <laughs> but yeah, I, I suppose that's slightly better than genuinely reinventing him. I don't know. I suppose it depends... Like you say, it depends on whether they stick to the comics or whether they decide they're going to make a point or, or yeah. Kind of... If if they're doing something completely different, then I I'm not sure. I would be very cautious, um, cautiously optimistic. But the yeah, as I say, the comics where they do this, it's it's actually a really really good run, um, and I very much enjoy it. So I would be very keen to see that adaptation come to life on screen. What about you, well, Lucy? I am looking forward to which is saying something because I I have not been to the cinema in about two years. I have a general aversion to Hollywood. Um, But I'm really looking forward to Mortal Engines um, because it's a fantastic series. I read it some years ago, um, but it has one of my favourite female characters in, Hester, who is... um, probably coins the term badass like she's as much as i don't like using it these days she really is she's got a really deep uh, dark troubled past and she's not your stereotypical teenage heroine uh she's very she struggles to love she struggles to to trust um she's but she's very brave and courageous and has a, a, a has a deep sense of integrity like to, to, you know herself and I just I think that she's for that age group um I've never come across another character quite like her so I'm really keen to see how that translates into um into a film and of course it's got um the you know the the the, well, you say the dream trio, Jackson, Philippa Bowens and uh, Fran Walsh. Uh, I would say dream because Lord of the Rings are, th- that is some of my diff- some of my favourite movies um, of all time. Mm, but let's yes. not talk about The Hobbit because, uh-huh. which, <laughs> and I, I was also going to say, well, you know, they Mortal Engines, they've got excellent source material. And then I thought, oh, The Hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> also excellent source material. But, you know, Philip is still with us. And I don't know, I think, I'm not sure how much of, um, you know, an impact and like how much he's been involved in in actually producing the, the film. So, um, you know, I don't know you know how far the kind of authorial voice carries really into into hollywood but i'm I'm really keen um i actually might break my no cinema kind of tradition to actually go and see this film because i'm really really excited about it well let's hope that peter jackson has learned from his mistakes (laughs) and this is better than the hobbit because so so upset so upsetting (laughs) I hate it when money wins out over artistic integrity. <laughs> oh god. You know, I found a Facebook status, you know that thing at Facebook memories and and it said, "Oh, I'm I'm going to see the Hobbit tonight." So excited. And I was like, "Oh my god, this is the saddest status ever from hindsight." <laughs> I was so innocent and unknowing. So I don't know whether you girls are, are excited about this. I suppose um, Megan might be a little bit, but I've seen been seeing trailers trailers for Annihilation, which yes. is yes, yeah, stars the wonderful Natalie Portman, mm-hmm. is by Alex Garland, who everybody's going, oh yes, he's um, ex Machina, but I'm I'm sure that he did the beach as well, which I remember watching as a kid and thinking that was quite 
that was quite dark but i could be wrong apologies if i am but i did i did enjoy ex machina i watched it with my husband um on the tv on holiday and then didn't sleep um because i didn't like i didn't like the ending i thought the ending was very very bleak um and i found that quite difficult to deal with okay. after everything that happened i'm not going to say what it is obviously because spoilers you should watch it it's an excellent film but i thought with the combination of portman who was brilliant in black swan that this annihilation looked really really good yes and it's um based on books by Jeff Vandermeer, who is excellent, and I've been a fan of his for a long time. And he and his wife, Anne, have also done a, a really good collection of short stories on feminist um, speculative fiction, which I recommend to everyone. So it's short stories, basically by women. And, yeah, it's excellent. And he's a great writer and very good at sort of promoting the arts. And he also does a really, really good book uh, called The Wonder Book, which is all about, um, you know, writing speculative fiction, how to write it, what, you know, how to generate ideas mm-hmm. and all that kind of thing. I've been meaning to get that for ages. It looks amazing. Yeah, no, it's really, really good. Um, so, yeah, I'm very, very excited to see that because you know, just watching Jeff, you know, what and, and the things that he's doing is, is really great. And just, I'd like to see someone bring his vision to life. So that's... I'm excited about that. And I think my other big excitement for films next year is going to be The Kid Who Would Be King by Joe Cornish, who did um, Attack the Block. Have you seen that film? Oh, Yes, I've seen miss- it. Have you? Oh, are we going to disagree again? <laughs> I really liked it. Did you not like it, Regan? No. Why not? Actually, we'll save that <laughs> argument for later. But, yeah, so Joe Cornish is doing um, – it's, ki- it's more kids defeating more evil – um, but it's kind of got a more fancy element to this time. Um, so I'll, I'll be interested to see how that is. But obviously, I'll not talk to Megan about it afterwards. <laughs> it, it, yeah, I read the premise and it just sounded like he was retreading what he'd already done. But um, I'm and a I cynic. am fine with that. <laughs> I really loved Attack the Block. I thought it was brilliant. But clearly, I'm I'm not. Uh, I was going to say I'm in the minority, but I suppose unless Lucy wades in. Um, Lucy's not going to wade in because she doesn't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Fair enough. Now, I'm quite excited. Uh, 2018 with, you're probably going to laugh at this, but the return of Predator. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, but, uh, uh, if, if it's a good Predator, we don't want it to be like Alien versus Predator now, do we? Well, I've not seen that because I, I didn't have to really to know that it would be terrible. But um, <laughs> no, but this Predator is by Shane Black, who I yes. love. Um, he did Lethal Weapon, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Iron Man 3, for those of you who don't know him. Um, he's fantastic, very funny, uh, very sort of dark black humour. Um, so I'm really curious to see what he does with Predator. Um, also, there's a new um, horror film coming out from the same guy who did Green Room, which came out, I think, maybe 2016. Um, with the late Anton Yelchin, um, and I really, really enjoyed Green Room. Uh, so I'm quite interested to see the new one, which is Hold the Dark. So that's a, a horror film coming out Ooh. this year, which which I'm quite quite looking forward to. And they're remaking Logan's Run as well, aren't they? Are they? I didn't know that Yeah. One. But no, I, I did read about it, and I remember really liking Logan's Run when I was a kid. Um, but it'd be interesting, because I remember it was very... It almost felt like a vehicle for the the lovely Michael York. Um, and I wonder if they'll have a, a stronger female role this time um, and whether or not 
that stronger female role will be <sighs> valid, as in that she will, because I know he runs away with a woman, and whether or not that woman will have a greater role that fits in with the story and works well, rather than just it's 2018, we need a woman with stronger roles, let's just do this and, and make her do this. And everybody goes, oh, God, that's terrible. <laughs> so I think that'd be an interesting one to watch. And they're doing Uprooted as a film as well. I, I have mixed oh. feelings. Oh, I love mixed the book. feelings, so many mixed yeah. feelings. Oh, I loved the book. It was my favourite read of 2015. Yeah, me too. Um, I'm really looking forward to her new one, which I'm so excited about, which is, I believe, a retelling of Rumpelstiltskin. Yes, I've heard about that. Um, really excited about that. Mm. Um, but but of course, any time someone says, "I'm going to make a film of your favourite book," I'm just like, "Oh God, please no!" There's just been <laughs> too many awful rehashes of like amazing things, <clears throat> Hobbit. And uh, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, so I'm yeah. While obviously I'd be interested, I'm also a bit scared because that book was yeah, it was a real you know when you find a book that's like a real comfort read and it's really beautiful and you kind of has close to your heart and you just don't want someone to come in and go this is what this person looks like and you're like no it doesn't match how I imagine it yeah and it was very the book was very much about the subtleties as well it was very very much about how you viewed it in your head and how you read between the lines and you don't get that on the tv or or in the movies because it's there in front of you 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 can get some brilliant actors like Charles Dance who can do a thousand emotions on one face in one split second of screen but you've really got to get the right character the right mm-hmm. actors for the right roles so yeah and there's things like which i'm not sure they would play up is one of the reasons i loved uprooted was the um the portrayal of you know female friendship which is we don't get that very often yeah and I love the way that you know kasia um, and agnieszka they uh, go through trials definitely um and they they both change completely in, in through the course of the story and yet they still they're still there for one another um and i would be worried that that may take you know second place to the kind of romance plot yeah because she was very much made up of two parts wasn't she she was made up of the parts where she was um uh oh i've forgotten the guy's name now um but yeah where, where she was with Darkhand. the guy yeah that's right the dragon um, yeah, and where she was with the dragon and then parts where she was with the people of the village that she still loved and still was connected to. Yeah. See, so right, it was really, yeah, you always got that very distinct divide and I thought it was beautiful at the end how they managed to reconcile the two. Yes. Um, so I sp- that would probably work really well in a cinematic way, but it really will depend on who they get. And yeah. it, to be honest, it doesn't matter who they'll get, they'll be at least... 50% of the people will go, oh, yeah, but he's not the dragon I imagined. And mm, Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I think it's a, a kind of film that would work a lot better as a kind of B film, like, you know, a, a smaller budget, you know, the, not all done in special effects, just more attention given to the actual relationships between characters. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I suppose, yeah, I see what you mean, like things like Moon that have been done on a very small budget and definitely take... Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that, I see what you mean. Yeah, that would be good. But... Given how popular it was and given her mm. following and everything, I yeah. think that's an, a, a disastrous wish. I always thought the best adaptation of a book was The Hunger Games because I, I read those books and then I watched the film and it was almost like, you know, word for word, perfect. And it worked really well as a film. Uh, yes, but that's because I've read the first book of that series and the book is, cine- is cinematographic. Cin- cin- cinematographic? I died. It's late. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's like it's like reading a film it's what well, it's very yeah visual. but it, I, 
I suppose it is, but it's also YA stuff. And mm. again, I suppose you get a lot of YA books that tend to, um, like you were saying earlier, just go for the romance element and things and kind of bypass all the rest of it. And I thought it was done really well. But yeah. And they're making a film of Mort as well by Terry Pratchett. Oh my gosh. That was that's my favourite Discworld. Oh my god. There could be so many things going wrong for me this year. <laughs> but yeah. Really, yeah, that would be, I'm very keen to see it. I mean, I quite liked all the TV adaptations. Um, you know, like the I didn't. father and stuff. No, they they didn't really appeal to me. Albert being was it David Jason? He was never David Jason in my head. Okay. <laughs> So I'll tell you which ones you have to see then. Um, the animated version of Soul Music is really fantastic. If you've not heard of it, hardly anyone has. But it, there's an animated version of Soul Music and it's brilliant. Uh, I remember they did the animated wor- version of The Weird Sisters. Yes, they did. But Soul, mu- Soul Music is the better one of the two. Ah, okay, cool. Well, there we are. That on my um, under my category of things that I have previously missed that I would like to watch in 2018 go. will be Soul Music. I'm making a note of it now, Lucy. Yes, do do. It's and then I can quote. I can we can quote stuff at each other, which I the only person I can do this with is my sister because no one else has heard of it. I, I will do so because I know that I've been re-listening to a lot of audiobooks this year, and soul music is one that I've re-listened to. So I shall go and seek out the uh, uh, the animated version. Oh, you'll love it! It's brilliantly done. Yeah, and completely original soundtrack as well. They write all the, the rock songs for it. Oh, that is good. It's very cool. Cool. Before we move on, um, just in terms of the films, I think it's worth mentioning A Wrinkle in Time, which is coming out in March. So this is a cult classic children's book, often talked about as sort of the beginnings of the YA genre, because when it came out, people didn't know where it fit because it wasn't quite a children's book, it wasn't an adult book. Um, and it had, you know, the female protagonist, and it had you know, very things that we've come to sort of see a lot of in YA fiction so this is kind of a a big deal to a lot of people who grew up on this book um loved it what's especially fantastic is it has a female director who is also a woman of color there are the the main character is a, a young girl of color they've got Oprah Winfrey Mindy Kaling um you know just so this is just ticking all the boxes, really, for diversity, so it's really wonderful um, to see that. It'll be interesting to see, and I'm still very much looking forward to the to the film. From looking at the trailer, it looks like it's changed quite a bit from, from the book, but we'll see. And I, I am, I'm genuinely excited to see the film because um, it, it's just great to see more women out there and more women in the mm-hmm. films and, and like so many female characters who are important and interesting and yeah so i'm quite excited <laughs> yeah i think we should look to book adaptations uh rather than superhero films to get our you know good female fix really since kind of superhero hollywood films kind of come with their own baggage i am afraid i have completely missed out on all of them i, I would really love to get into the the marvel universe and all the dc comics and everything but there were just so many of them. They churned them out so fast. It's impossible to keep track. And they, didn't they have the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, on Channel 4 as well several years ago? And I was like, oh, I must watch that. But there was just so much going on. I just, it's still there's, on. There's so many of them. Is it still going? <laughs> <laughs> Do they still have Samuel L. Jackson in it? Or, or have they run out of money for him now? Um, he just guest starred. In, ah. and, and by guest starred, I mean cameoed, really. <laughs> 
Um, I'm sorry, but I'm all about the librarians at the moment. If you're looking for really good family stuff to watch, the librarians is is really good fun. It's not it's not particularly intelligent. It's it's very cheesy. But if you've got um, you know sort of young, not very young kids, but maybe sort of seven to twelve, and you're looking for something to watch for the family that's just a, a good bit of fun with some good strong female characters, then I would highly recommend the librarians. Which neither of you have watched. I'm I'm guessing from the silence that. that oh, I've there. watched it. I just. Really you like just... <laughs> because apparently what? that's all I do. I do love things. I'd like to point out. Um, I'd like to say now that Megan gave my first book four stars. So <clears throat> <laughs> I do like things. Yeah, I do. Um, but I, I am critical. Yes, that's. <laughs> it's fine. <clears throat> Let's move on, shall we? Shall we talk about books of 2017? women kind of came into their own and it was really really wonderful across sort of the big um, science fiction and fantasy industry awards we had you know best novel of the hugos the nebulous world fantasy awards you know the novellas and the short stories were all won by fiction in all of the the awards um did i just say all won by fiction you yes, did. did i did <laughs> yes <laughs> well, who is this fiction? I want to know. <laughs> like some kind of nom de plume. Okay, clever. <laughs> they were all won by women. That's what I meant. <laughs> Maybe I'm just I'm I'm so not used to the idea of these awards being won by women that I think it must be a fictional story. Well, to be honest, wasn't it in the Hugo's and the Nebulas the Novella Award was won not only by the same woman but by the same book, which was Every Heart a Doorway, by yes. the wonderful Shauna Maguire, who we've had mm-hmm. on to talk about this very um, this very book, and it's just I, every time I see it, I'm like, yes, let that one win. Um, so that was fantastic, and we've got to say a little well done to our um, fellow podcaster Emma Newman and uh, Latimer, obviously, who won um, was it the Hugo uh, for mm-hmm. Tea and Jeopardy as well. Yes. For, very well deserved and um, lucy's lucy's guest appearance on that was was very perilous i i did enjoy it <laughs> oh did you enjoy that yeah it was it was very perilous i i'm terrified of of paying emma a return visit but the tea was very good well it was perilous and filled with chickens from what i remember <laughs> yes they sang skyrim well didn't because you you talked about chickens as well and, and you seem very knowledgeable on chickens maybe we should do a chicken episode on our on sure, uh, our podcast. i don't know anything about chickens so i you really sound have very knowledgeable no well done I don't know which one you were listening to. <laughs> <laughs> that was the other Lucy. <laughs> it, it was also, so 2017, also we had N.K. Jemison winning um, the best novel. So we had the first uh, woman of colour winning the best novel award. And I believe that was for the Hugos. I'd have to double check. Yeah, so it was the Hugos. So that's fantastic that she won um, for that. Just, just brilliant. Um, and also um, Monstrous, which I don't think either mm. of you read, but it was a... a no, it's com- on my reading list, though. It looks amazing. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the artwork is so beautiful, but I love Art Deco, so it really, really appealed to me. But Monstrous, again, um, written by a woman, female male character, and uh, Marjorie Lou is um, a woman of colour as well, so that's fantastic. Like, just, yeah, excellent. A really, really good series, um, if you like comics with really interesting premises that goes into cultural myths that uh, aren't usually explored in comics or just genre fiction in general. So mm-hmm. it's it's really worth reading. 
Um, and the World Fantasy Awards uh, were really, they were quite good as well, weren't they? We had um, Claire North, The Sudden Appearance of Hope, that one novel category, didn't it? Yes. And, oh, and also um, G.V. Anderson, uh, who I believe... Uh, came on the um, website to answer some questions for us um her story now this is going to be embarrassing because i'm not going to be able to pronounce it properly yeah no idea uh, i'll leave it to you das oh my god G- Gemma, if you're listening i'm really sorry <laughs> um das Steng- i i does anyone want to have another go at that <laughs> but it's a really really good short story um and that that won the world fantasy award and it's totally deserved totally deserved it was one of the best short stories i've ever read in my life um really really beautifully told um so that was fantastic and um and it was great that she got got over to texas to collect it in person as well so it was fantastic what were your sort of personal favorites of last year which probably are up for awards this coming year oh well uh really enjoyed i always enjoyed jen williams's stuff but i loved the ninth rain um, I'm sure that will be up for some awards, uh, especially because it's the first book in a new series. Um, they're always, you know, people love first books and they love new series. And this is a particularly good one. And um, it, while it has always, it, Jen has such a, she kind of writes with great character and great feeling. And so it has, um, there's a lot of similarities in tone to um, the Copper Cat trilogy. But saying that it's, it's very different book. It's, um, it's, you get a, a sense of the epic. It's a bit wider ranging. You get a, a greater sense of history, um, and it's mm-hmm. uh, and it's a bit more serious. It's a bit dark uh, in places, um, but she's got some fantastic characters as always. So I think Ninth Rain was definitely. If you've not read it yet, um, now is an ideal time because I think The Bitter Twins is out in uh, possibly next month, even. Uh, which is I the think same book. it's March, the beginning, at very is beginning March? of March. Yes, very soon. So, so yeah, so definitely catch up with that one. I like to explain it as female indiana jones yes i always say that too because vintage brilliant <laughs> well i'm really lucky because as a reviewer for both ginger nuts horror and the british fantasy society i've got some amazing books this year so i got to read sleeping beauties by stephen king and owen king which they are making into a tv series later next year and it was really fantastic and as soon as stephen king and owen king have um, stopped doing their book tours i'm going to see if they will uh, come and speak to us because they just had some fantastic social commentary about the role of women within not just within the the small community where sleeping beauties is set but also within the wider world and it, it was just fantastic to watch what happens when all the women in the world fall asleep and you've got some You've got some men who respond very positively, some men who respond very protectively, some men who respond with despair and some men who respond with anger. And then you see what happens to the women and you know how they fare within a world where there are no men. And it was just it was just fantastic um, little book. Well, I say little book, very big, very big <laughs> book. Um, I got to read The Crow Garden by Alison Littlewood and that was um, excellent. I read Hidden People, Hidden People a couple of years back and it's almost like The Hidden People was practice for the crow garden that's not so hidden people wasn't very good but the crow garden is excellent she's managed to write a book about women from the point of view of a man and a very biased and a very self-absorbed man at that and it is it's wonderful it's a bit like we were talking about with naomi novik with the the reading between the lines and there's a story that the character tells and then behind that there is a story that's actually going on that the reader follows even though the the narrator is so <laughs> blinded by his own importance that he can't actually see um 
I got to read the Black River Chronicles level one um, by Michael Wills and David Talman, which I know that Megan li- read and liked, didn't you? I did. I enjoyed it. There it you are. Yeah, it's good. But I I mean, it wasn't as good as Patchwork, which was David Talman's last one, um, his novella, which I thought was incredible. Um, but yeah, this is good fun. I mean, it's sort of middle grade YA fantasy um, kind of based on sort of Dungeons and Dragons, tabletop role-playing, that kind of style. And it was, yeah, it was good fun. It did what it set out to do, and I enjoyed it. it yeah. Good read. So I enjoyed that. Um, what else? Suggestion of Ghosts by Johnny Maines, which is a collection of um, short stories by women from the 19th century that have never been republished. So they were published in tiny little magazines or in newspapers or in little chronicles. And Johnny's gone through and collected them all into a fantastic collection. I mean, there are some there are some sort of mediocre ones within them, but there are, there are a lot of very unusual takes. And the way he's positioned them within the anthology is they are very. You've got one that deals with very high class women who have maids and have you know the maids go ahead to prepare the rooms in the grand house, and then you have next to that one with two women who have lost their both their parents have no income are trying to run their own um, millinery business and are just so close to poverty that they're pretty much fading away and sickening and dying, and he's he's not only collected a really good variety of stories but he's positioned them within the book very very well so they're all very contrasting. Um, and of course, I read *The Court of Broken Knives* by um, Anna Smith Spark and *Age of Assassins* by R.J. Barker, which came out this year. Both of which are excellent, and I'm yep. thoroughly looking forward to the um, uh, to the sequels. In fact, I think for the first time ever, I might be pre-ordering a book for the the sequels of those. And, and uh, that's uh, Charlotte. That's, like, what about my books? You never pre-ordered them? Oh my god, I'm so hurt. <laughs> so hurt. Well, like, why would I live <laughs> on the podcast? Everyone can hear you. You've just made a confession. <laughs> <laughs> because I like seeing you and buying your book and going, look, you this with your gold pen rather than just... I mean, RJ, bless him, when I went to see him, he's like, oh, have like a book plate. And I was like, that's really lovely, mate, but I've got like a Kindle version. What am I going <laughs> to do with it? Whereas I've got a beautiful copy of Starborn upstairs that I bought and that I brought to you. And I was like, here, sign it. So I like I'm not the gonna... fact that you emphasised the word bought. I bought it. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I didn't get it free from a convention. <laughs> hey, you know, I that... bought and paid for two copies of Starborn. Okay, you're just, very loyal. You're very loyal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we just like to point out that didn't you get another one through the post as well? Um, I, uh, I now own um, one, two, three, five copies. <laughs> oh, oh no I'm so sorry I just it gets everywhere <laughs> no, it's good. Um, sorry so going back to I'm um, talking about my own books going back to um, books that I really enjoyed I loved Strange the Dreamer by Lainey Taylor if anyone's read that one I don't know if you have I have, have you? not well it's really amazing um, I love the Daughter of Smoke and Bone trilogy and uh, Strange the Dreamer is just as beautiful possibly more beautiful and more poetically written and um yeah, I love her work. It's it's just magical. It's kind of if if you've ever dreamed of, you know, faraway places, kind of mystery, being, you know, kind of trapped in a small place but with big dreams. It's that kind of book, and it's um, it's really wonderful, and it's sad as well. Um, and the way that it ends is just left me. God, I don't know where I don't know where she's going to take it next, but it's going to be really exciting. So hopefully, um, I don't know when the sequel is out, but Strange the Dreamer was a 
a big favourite of mine for last year. Okay, I mean, for me, um, Laura Lamb's Shattered Minds um, was definitely up there. Just some great cyberpunk, just really enjoyable. And then I have to admit that RJ Barker's Age of Assassins uh, just, oh, what a great story. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, really good fun. I'm really looking forward to the sequel of that. Yeah, and, you know, I'll just profess my love for RJ because he's amazing. <laughs> he's very good. He's also really fantastic at um, public readings. He's really, really good. Brilliant. Um, oh, before we move off books, also I'd like to give, give a shout out to uh, Dragon Weather by Paige L. Christie. Uh, it's a book that is it's published by a small uh, US press, uh, Perspective Press, I think. Uh, and it's, it's really fantastic. And I wish... Uh, more people would read it uh, just because it was like it kind of it kind of sums up everything that you know, we know always complain about you know epic fantasy or fantasy not having enough of um, and it's a very it's unusually told it's very small it's quite an intimate story um, but it's really good because it reverses that traditional you know what would what would happen if the the woman tied to the rock who's waiting for the dragon to come and eat her what if she was there by choice and I was like, ah, that's really interesting. Really great premise. Um, and the whole story, it's, it's not a long book, but um, it's told through two different perspectives. And you find out the reason why she would choose to be there. Um, and th- there are uh, more books in the series coming. So I just wanted, if you've, if you've never heard of um, Paige or Christie, then definitely look her up. It's a really fantastic debut. Uh, what are we looking forward to in 2018? Uh, to be honest, um, I've pretty much I've got down here is just sequels so I'm looking forward to, to RJ Barker's Blood of Assassins I'm looking forward to Sean Maguire's Beneath the Sugar Sky yes, I'm looking yes. forward to yeah Anna Smith Sparks Tower of Living and Dying I'm looking forward to reading Lucy's trilogy is also on my list of things Aww. and also I've put after it probably not for 2018 but I'm very very much looking forward to beta reading Lucy's next book that's coming after um the world maker trilogy because that was awesome i'm really looking forward to that whenever it comes out oh well i just gotta sell it first and uh but you you can uh yeah totally yeah, but i can be to read one. it right yeah. yeah yeah you can make it better um you've got it, two big nice. fans right here <laughs> it's this is definitely up charlotte street this one it's very oh, um, it totally is it's yeah it is it's very kind of folkyish very t- i'm actually doing all my background reading for it right now so excellent um, i'm going to be getting stuck into that probably this weekend well anybody who follows my twitter feed um which i'm afraid is generally filled with pictures of my puddings and eating double cream um <laughs> will have noticed that for christmas my mother bought me um all of the second whitby trilogy by robin jarvis which isn't new out well i think the last book's new out in 2017 and and whatever but that's what? my... there's a new book for the whitby Tri- what no 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 so rob uh, let me go back so robin jarvis okay. is a i love that trilogy who did what he calls the Whitby trilogy, which was the Whitby Witches, yeah. um, a warlock and Whitby and the Whitby and a Child. Whitby Child, yeah. That's right. So this isn't going back to the same characters. It is just another trilogy set in Whitby, the first of which is called The Power of the Dark. Um, and The Power of the Dark's been out a couple of years. And it just so happens that this year when I was writing my wish list, I was like, oh, and there's more out as well. So um, my mother very kindly bought me the whole trilogy. Because you know what it's like if you... If you buy one book and then you really enjoy it and then you've got to wait while, you know, the next one is delivered or I mean, and that's obviously not the issue with yeah, Kindle because you just download the next one. But, you know, to have that for me to have those three books, I'm really, really looking forward to, to reading those. Um, and 
one I mean this kind of comes under things that I missed last year but the Ballad of Black Tom which I think won an award um, is on my to uh, to buy and to read list because it's also been an option for TV and I don't know about you but when things like that come on TV I like to have read them first um, I'm not very good at watching things and then reading them after that um, but oh and Cassandra Craw um, somebody else I'm very much looking forward to, to reading I read her Hammers on Bone last year and she's got a load of other stuff out so I'm just basically going to stockpile it as soon as I have, have some money for my reading list as well there's lots of things stuff on my reading list um, but is David Talman's Level 2 which is out following on from last year's Level 1 so uh, I've got that it's safe on my Kindle and it's ready to go as soon as I have a spare minute that isn't eating double cream or making pancakes <laughs> I, I tell you who's got um, a new book out uh, is Tamara Pierce um, she's doing a series I can't remember what it's called the first book of the new series but it's about Numair and his story um, if anyone read the um, the Dane books they're, I always just call them like the Alana books or the Dane books because they were like teenage favourites and they just give you a warm glow I'm going to have to get them off my sister and reread them because amazing have you not read Tamara Pierce? I know oh. the name, but I haven't read any. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You just have to. Oh, my God. Alana's amazing. It's uh, I think one of the books is called The Woman Who Rides Like a Man, and she's a, um, a lady knight. She went when there were no lady knights, and it's just an amazing story. Of things that haven't already been mentioned, so um, I'll just, just one really standout book that I'm so excited for because I think everything she does is just awesome um becky chambers has got her third book coming out which is record of a spaceborne few so this is a long way to a small angry planet is the first one um a closed and common orbit is the second um and she's also been on the show before yay um, and she's fantastic just really really great sci-fi um it, it's so much fun and anyone who's not picked up small angry planet really <coughs> really do it I haven't. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. If you like Firefly, you will like it. Everyone I've recommended it to and who has read it has been like, yes, this is amazing. So just trust me on this one. It's fantastic. So just before we wrap up, can we talk about um, TV that we have enjoyed this last year and TV that we're looking forward to this year? And I have to put in a big hands up and hiding behind the cushion for The Handmaid's Tale that was on this year. Last year, sorry. Uh, because it was absolutely astounding. And having read the book several times throughout my life, I was amazed at how well they they um, transposed it to a TV version. And I think the extra bits they added in were very legitimate. Um, and yes, very, they just made um, it more harrowing. You didn't yes. think it was possible, but they managed it. They did. And my husband was like, oh, let's watch another one tomorrow. And I'm like, no, I need at least two days to recover from yeah, that. Yeah, you do. Um, <laughs> but I was so disappointed that there's going to be a second series because um, I won't give out any spoilers, but the end of the um, season one pretty much had the last words, I think, of the book itself. And I'm like, well, anywhere that you go now is going to be new territory. And on the one mm -hmm. hand, I'm quite interested. On the other hand, I kind of feel like, that that's it that season was my whole book that I loved and if I had to stop there and not watch anymore I would be quite happy with that because in my head that's where it stopped and the whole point is it's supposed to be an ambiguous ending yeah uh, and as soon as you make season two episode one you're going to ruin the whole ambiguity um, so is is Atwood involved in making this I think story? she is I think she's a consultant rather than the script writer mm. um I remember reading that they'd had to um 
talked to her about updating the language in particular, I think, because obviously it's, you know, sort of particularly the um, the religious language and the religious sort of attitudes involved. Uh, so I believe they kind of run stuff past her, but I don't think um, she is actually, you know, physically writing anything. But yeah, so um, so I, I thought that was absolutely fantastic. I really like that. Um, and next year, oh, there's so much good TV coming next year. New Wheel of Time TV series, which might be the new Game of Thrones or might be terrible. Oh, my um, God. Wheel of Time, really? Yeah. Well, clearly someone Ooh. has gone, oh, Game of Thrones is excellent. What other long and Well, they did Shannara as well, but I heard Shannara was crap. Ah, Sh- I've not seen that. But the ones I'm really looking forward to are going to be, well, I suppose it would be controversial, Good Omens. Um, <gasps> and- oh, gosh, yes. Really looking forward to that. Although I, I did briefly read that they're apparently doing something called The Watch, which is supposed to be um, stories from Terry Pratchett's Discworld based on The Watch. And it doesn't sound like they're actually doing the books. They're just going to make up some more stuff. So I could oh. be wrong on that. And I hope I am. Um, but also, I'm so, so excited for The Terror by Dan Simmons, which is coming hopefully next year. I love that book. I reread it every couple of years, particularly in the winter when it's very snowy. Have either of you read it? No, no. It is excellent. It's ah. Oh, just brilliant i love that book oh, when sorry. you say next year do you mean this year i'm so sorry i do <laughs> i do i still think it's wednesday and and it's clearly not wednesday today i'm really sorry unless this goes out on a wednesday <laughs> which case it will be but no i am completely lost so yes i am really looking forward to the terror coming to tv hopefully this year well also megan's just reminded me that um that Noelle Stevenson is doing a She-Ra reboot, which is really exciting because I really didn't remember that at all. I don't think it is even been common knowledge, uh, but she says she's been working on it for the last two years. And I love Nimona. I thought it was a fantastic uh, graphic novel, particularly in its portrayal of, you know, women sidekicks, which is a completely, you know, you never see them. Uh, and also portrayal of just women in comics looking like a normal woman. Because <laughs> that's another thing as well, that women are so often portrayed as this kind of stylistically skinny, big boob, you know, like kind of male fantasy. And you finally get like a down to earth woman who looks like a woman. And it's great. Um, and I thought that was and I don't even read that that many graphic novels. So um, to find something that I genuinely enjoyed and thought was, you know, a bit revolutionary, it was really rewarding. So I'm looking forward to um, seeing how she does with Shira, as am I. I have to say I'm I'm really um, interested in that because I also very much enjoy her Lumberjane series as well. Um, yeah, just excited to see where she goes with that. Isn't Lumberjanes coming to the big screen as well? Possibly. Mm. I think it, it's certainly been bought. I don't know if it's it's actually in production. Uh, before we wrap up, can I ask uh, the big TV news? Of course, well, certainly on this side of the Atlantic for 2018 uh, in a female. Um, issue is what do we all think of the new female Doctor Who? I <clears throat> uh, haven't seen it. <laughs> well, what do you think of the idea of a female Doctor oh, Who? Oh, god, it's fine. I don't. It's just oh, 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 Doctor should be a man for all time. I think it's just ridiculous. Um, you know, the doctor. The whole point of the Doctor is that he regenerates from person to person. So shock horror. Why is it? <laughs> why have they not before chosen? You know. A representative for 52 percent of the human race it's crazy um so yeah i don't have a, a problem with it but then the thing about doctor who is that i fell out of love with the series itself many years ago um i thought it was i thought the, the original reboots were were okay and it's kind of became more and more um sensationalized and i think they just need to kick Moffat off because he's just ruined it oh someone needs to put him on a you know harness or something 
keep him in a room. Make him <laughs> go anywhere near script writing again. You see, I just have this vision now of Stephen Moffat in a room with a harness tied to the wall and them just throwing scripts at him and going, yeah, do this. And then you can do this little back. bit, but yeah. then we'll massively correct it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, again, yeah, no, no real opinion about it just because... Um, you know, I don't think it's a problem at all. I think that's that's crazy why people are so up in arms about it. Um, I just think it's it's a series that I am not too interested in following anymore, just for, for reasons. Yeah, I don't particularly enjoy new Doctor Who, so I've not really watched any of it. Um, I quite fancy David Tennant, so I watched a little yes. bit of that. Yes, I um, agree. It's good, and I fancied <laughs> him too. Uh, but I, I was... I, I tend to say that Doctor Who is too silly for me. And then people say, but you love Red Dwarf. And I say that <laughs> I'm allowed to be a hypocrite. Um, <laughs> yeah, Doctor Who's not really for me. I think it's wonderful that uh, Jodie Whittaker is the new Doctor. Um, yep. I've heard that the sort of when they brought her into it, it wasn't done particularly well, which is disappointing. Um, but that's just what I've, I've heard from friends of mine who are fans. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. I hope they do something good with it. Yeah, after all the fury. I would just like to point out that of anything to bind the three of us together, all three of us fancying David Tennant as Doctor Who has to be <laughs> not what I expected. My God, you too. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, that episode with the master and then he dances around to Scissor Sisters, that's like brilliant i love that i love you know, that. that series and also i think i think it's the one it's got my favorite doctor who episode blink which oh, was so oh, good terrifying mm. yeah I, I think i mean i think that is in david Tennant's era isn't it but he's just never yes. in that episode he's in it for mm. like five minutes <laughs> but it's brilliant it's brilliant and this is before they overused the weeping angels no yes. yeah well it's very interesting if you look at the early russell t davis episodes um speaking as obviously a bit of a diehard fan now, um, you'll notice in the Rusty Davis that all of the really excellent episodes are written by Stephen Moffat, all the really scary ones. So like, Are You My Mummy? Um, which was Christopher Eccleston and the Weeping, uh, the Weeping Angels Don't Blink. And there are a couple of others that um, I can't quite remember. But mm-hmm. all Obviously he was fine much. when he started out. Yes. But then he, he got, something happened. <laughs> well, it's because he was given control of the story arc. I think mm-hmm. writing yeah. individual yeah. episodes was excellent. It, and I, It went I to mean, his head. He did, but it's such a shame because I really loved Coupling, which he wrote. Yeah, same. And that's just, oh, it's just so brilliant. And it's so... Well, at least the first three cutting. seasons. Yeah. But, do you know, oh, God, I'm going to sound so old now. Having had a child, I appreciate the fourth season more, where they go to all the antenatal classes. I watched it after, my husband and I watched it after we had our, our daughter. And we just, we were in pails of laughter going, yeah, that's so true. But we just didn't, beforehand, they were like, oh, this is really rubbish. And then we got there and like, oh, yeah, actually, this is really, really vicious. <laughs> so but sorry showing my age how dare you have a child <laughs> i know <laughs> no it's um it's good you're representative <laughs> i'm maternal i, I am representing the mothers yes um, the, the triad you can be the the mother wait. I was going to go with that, but then that has to... That means we have to fight over who gets to be (laughs) the maiden or the crone. I think I'm going to be the crone. I'm the most negative, aren't I? You're like, inside I am withered and cynical. Uh, I think, no, it's outside I'm withered and cynical. Inside I'm a beautiful maiden. No, um, there we go. The opposite, I have to say that if we had a poll over which one of us was a young Granny Weatherwax, it would probably be Megan, I think. 
Well, I don't know how to take that because I've not read the books. So. Oh, well, it's a compliment because she's awesome. Yeah, well, she's she's very cool. Yeah, thank you. I'm awesome. <laughs> I'm amazing. Do and also, we could say anything. That, <laughs> if, she, if she hasn't read it, it would be like, yeah, yeah, that's really good. <laughs> But the, but the trouble is, any listeners will be like writing and going, "No, Megan, they're lying to you." We can say Charlotte. We can go. Oh, she's like Shelob. Oh, oh, is she not good? Yes, yeah, Shelob's amazing. Yeah, Shelob like really is like the best character. <laughs> that that's true. That that's cruel though. That, that, but no, um, Granny Weatherwax is awesome and apparently very beautiful when she was young as well. So you know, you win on all counts. It's great. Yeah, I like this. This is a good way to end things. <laughs> but I think well, you know what we can take from this is there's been some amazing science fiction fantasy horror coming out of 2017 and there looks to be even more in 2018 and i'm very excited there's just like so much happening in genre at the moment and you know and and women are the, at the forefront yes absolutely brilliant. yeah it's very exciting it's what we like to hear i hope your to read pile isn't too enormous after this episode but thank you for listening to breaking the glass slipper <laughs>